Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're glad that you are here. Uh, we're in a series called Prayer First. As a matter of fact, we all have our armbands we've been wearing. And if you don't have one of those, our ushers will be glad to give you one on the way out uh, that you can remember to pray first. And we're going through the Lord's Prayer. And so uh, today we're going to be talking about the prayer of dependence. But before we go any further, I'd like you to stand with me. We're going to recite the Lord's Prayer. And uh, the, it'll be on the screen behind me so that you can read it uh, with me as well. You ready? Come on, everyone stand. And uh, come on now, I want you to say this. Say the Lord's Prayer like you're awake this morning, all right? Let's say it with confidence. Here we go. You ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Come on. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Would you just turn around, high-five somebody, and say it's going to be a great day. Would you do that right now? Come on. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> we are so glad that you're here today. Matter of fact, I want to go ahead and say, uh, give a shout out to my friends uh, uh, Ashley and Grant who are in Oklahoma watching online. I want to say hi to you guys and all that are watching online today. We're excited because in this series we've learned some things that the Lord's Prayer is not just something that's to be recited at a wedding or at a funeral or just occasionally at church. Jesus said this is a prayer that you pray when you want answers to prayer, right? I mean... If anybody wants to know how to pray, his disciples said, how do you pray? And Jesus said, here's how you pray. And so we've been breaking down every phrase of the Lord's Prayer to, to show you the meaning of what it means. And so today, matter of fact, we're going to jump right back to uh, the first part where it says, Our Father. And we said, when you say the word, Our Father, what does it mean? God is for me, right? God is for me. And then we said, Hallowed be thy name. And when we said, Hallowed be, my, be thy name, what are we to think of? Giving respect to God. That's right, giving respect to God. And then this one was, uh, your will be done. And as we said, your will be done. Remember, get your hands ready. Remember how we said this? You ready? Have your way, God. Come on, let's try it again. You ready? Have your way, God. That's right, have your way. Because we're saying, God, have your way. And then today, as we talk about my daily bread, remember he said, give us this day our daily bread. This is where the request comes in. So I'd like you to do something else with me one more time. If you just put your hands out in front of you like it's like you're going to receive something. And let's say my daily bread. And then I want you to say this. God, give me what I need today. You ready? Come on, let's do it together. Here we go. You ready? My daily bread. 
God, give me what I need today. Let's try it again. Would you mean it? Whoa, whoa, stop a second. What do you need today? Why don't right now when we say this, that your heart just aligns that God's going, would you say this like God is hearing you right now because he is? You ready? Come on one more time. My daily bread, here we go. My daily bread, God, give me what I need today. All right. And so we want to remember that as we go through this message today. Now, I want to talk to you about how to receive your daily bread, the daily bread that God provides. And again, what I'm sharing with you today is all spiritual stuff, okay? It's not, you know, you're not going to read this in a self-help magazine or whatever. This is stuff that's not going to make sense to, a lot, to people that are not believers. But for those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, this aligns perfectly with what we believe. So the first thing I want to tell you this morning is this. If you, you want to receive God's daily bread, there's something we must do, and that is, number one, is I must, we must recognize God as the source of my life. Recognize God as the source of my life. As you write that down, I want to just assure you that we have a lot of great uh, developments in the scientific community, but one of those that scientists cannot crack is that scientists cannot create life. They just cannot. Now, scientists can take like a seed, and they can take a seed, and they can withdraw its cell from that and then plant it into another seed and make a, a, a hybrid seed out of that, or, you know, a, yeah, a hybrid seed, but they cannot produce life. And because the reason is, is that God is the only one that can produce life. He's the only one that can do it. And that's why I would say that every life matters because God created it. You know, the unborn child matters to God. You know, the person that, that maybe is, is older and, and has been placed in a nursing facility and many people have forgot about them, even their family may have forgotten about them, I want you to know that life matters to God as well. And, you know, I want you to know that uh, the life matters of, of of people that are disabled and, and some people that are severely disabled and, and deal with those issues. And many people would say, what's the purpose of them being here? I'll tell you the purpose is God has them here for a reason. Their life matters. Every life matters because God created that. Do you agree with that? Every life matters. It matters. And let me just say this to you today. Every, every breath that you breathe today is a gift from God. Do you know that you cannot, you cannot live without breathing, without taking in oxygen and air? You know that you can't live without that? So maybe you're sitting here today and you say, well, I don't think God thinks a whole lot of me because God hasn't done anything for me. Let me just tell you something. Here you go. I want you, God's going to do something for you right now. You ready? On the count of three, I want you to take a deep breath. You ready? One, two, three. God just gave you that breath. He just gave you, you, you see what I'm talking about? Now, if you think you can live without air, just try it. God gave you that breath that you, just, that, that you just took. God gave that to you. He provided that for you. And so I want you to know that God is the, uh, the center of life. He supplies us the air that we breathe. And so today we understand that God is the source. And so when God was through, through the Scripture, in the Old and New Testament, God began to give us symbols for life, and, and one of those symbols was bread, because bread is what it takes to sustain physical life, but also he was talking about the spiritual, is that just as we depend on bread, food, to sustain physical life and nourishment, we have to depend on his spiritual part of us, God's spirit, to sustain us in our spiritual lives. 
And listen, when you, you can have the physical in order, but if you don't have the spiritual in order, then you're out of sync. And so you will never be complete. So we get the spiritual right, and when you get the spiritual right, it's easier to get the physical right. Why? Because God is the author of life. And Jesus, again, our memory verse that I want to share with you today, I hope you'll memorize this verse, refers to this bread of life. Look what he says. Jesus said, then Jesus declared, I am the what? Come on, shout out. I am the what? I'm the bread of life. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What he was saying is that you're not, you can try everything in the world, but if you don't have me, you're still going to be hungry for something, and you're still going to be thirsting for something. You'll never be complete until you have the spiritual connection with God. And that's what our daily bread is all about, is making that spiritual connection with God every day. Now, I, uh, I read a book of, uh, of this past week, and it's called uh, As Bill Sees It. It's by Bill Wilson, who was one of the co-founders of AA. And it was just, just amazing to me, uh, as I read this, the dependence on God in that program. And as I read that, Bill began to write, as he, he wrote some things, and I, I started writing down some things that he wrote that were speaking to me, and maybe they'll speak to you today. Listen to what he says. He writes, Those of us who have come to make regular use of prayer would no more do, it without, uh, do without it than we would air, food, or sunshine. And when we turn away from meditation and prayer, we deprive our minds and emotions. As the body can fail without nourishment, so can the soul. We all need the light of God's reality, the nourishment of his strength. And so I would say amen to that. And this guy who wrote that, uh, helped write, the, found the program AA, has seen millions of lives changed. But he would tell you that that is all centered on one thing, a higher power. And he says, you know, as, as Bill sees it, he writes in his book, there was no doubt for him that it's always God is that higher power. When people who have done everything in their power to overcome things cannot, when they surrender to God, it's amazing how they begin to find strength that they need. And so your prayer life, you praying to God is your daily connection for God's direction in your life. Did you hear that? Your prayer, your daily prayer. Give me this day my daily uh, bread, Jesus said, or, or God said. So here's what I want you to know, is that when you pray, you make the prayer connection, you're asking for God's daily direction in your life. And it changes everything. Matter of fact, I read a story this week of a, uh, of a salesman who was a good salesman. Matter of fact, he was at the top of his company. And it was uh, several years ago where people went door to door and he would go to door, door to door and, and, and try to make a sale, but he had a very unique technique. His technique was he would go to the door, he would begin to talk to people, and all of a sudden about the time that they were about to slam the door in his face, he would just pause. He would take his hat off, he would pause, and he would look into his hat, and he would just stare into his hat for just, just a moment. And it was a real awkward moment. And the person standing there was like, you know, they were thinking, what is this guy doing? Is he a freak or something, you know? I don't know. And he would just stare in the hat, and he would put the hat back on, and he would go right back into his, uh, his sales. And, and, uh, and most of the time, he would end up making the sale on the second effort. And so his coworkers and everybody wanted to know, and he, he wouldn't tell them. He was sort of ashamed to tell them because he thought they were going to think he was a little weird as what was going on. So finally one day, someone asked him, said, said, Sir, tell us, what is the secret of your sales? Because you have that weird hat trick. And what is that? And people buy after you do your hat trick. 
He said, well, sir, I want to tell you this. This is no trick at all. He says, I have something. I take my hat off because inside of my hat, I have these words written. Lord, give me this day my daily bread. He said, now put the hat back on. In other words, he said, I go from it's all about me being the source of my life to it's about God. And God, if my family's going to eat, you got to help me make this sale, God. If my family's going to have clothes, you got to help me make this sale, God. It's not about what I can do. It's about what you can do, oh God. And every day, he said, every time I make a sale, I look down at that and reminded that it's his power, his strength that guides me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's just give God a hand. Amen. You see, our stress and worry goes down when we ask God for our daily bread. That's why we're doing this series. Prayer first, prayer first, not last, prayer first. Prayer first. Miracles happen. In our Connect group this week, there was a lady that shared this story. Her son suffers this time of year for some reason with some kind of allergy that breaks his mouth out, makes it impossible. It's uh, all kinds of canker sores and uh, blisters inside of his mouth, his lips, and his throat, and he can't even hold his own saliva because it hurts so much to swallow, and he's been hospitalized the uh, last couple years over this. She came to Connect Group, and she said, you know, Wednesday, that Wednesday night, she told us about it. We prayed about it, but she went home that night, and she began to think about this series, Prayer First, and she said, you know, what doctors couldn't do, and he had been to the emergency room last year, she was about to, maybe we got to go again. She said, I decided to do something. I decided to, she said, something prompted me. She said, I, I went in there and I laid my hand on my son. She said, and I prayed for him. She said, I, I just put my hand on him and said, dear God, you're bigger than all this stuff that's going on. It's hurting my son and I know you don't want him to hurt. And so she prayed for him and she said, I, I just did what I felt like I should do. And I said, amen. She said, the next morning we got up, her son said, mom, he's a teenager. said, I want you to know my sores are going away. My lips are healing. God has done it. Amen? Amen. We pray first. We pray first. So today, I have a next step on your connection card. I hope you'll take it with me. It says this. It says, I will, daily, I will pray daily for God's direction. Would you do that? Remember that when you pray daily, you get God's direction. When you make the prayer connection, you get God's direction. And that is favor in your life. Don't every day you get up, you can say the Lord's Prayer. That takes us to the second thing I'd like to share with you today is this. Well, before we do that, let me give you our, let's go over my daily bread again. You ready? Let's say this together. Remember, you get your hands out front like this so you can receive. Here we go. My daily bread. God, give me what I need today. Come on, one more time. My daily bread. God, give me what I need today. What I need today. So the second thing I would say to, the, to you is that if you want to receive God's daily bread is this. Release my pride by trusting God over trying harder. Let that soak in a second. Release my pride by trusting God over trying harder. I think that's where many of us error in our ways, in our spiritual walk, is that we quit trusting God and we start trying harder, don't we? Matter of fact, I can tell you how you know is because whenever the scripture says I should do so and so, and you know what, you get tired of doing so and so because you want something to happen, then all of a sudden you violate this God's principle, and when you violate God's principle, then all of a sudden you find yourself in regret. 
A great story of this is in the beginning with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve lived in a garden that God had provided. He put trees all over that garden. He let vegetables grow, you know, fruit grow. It was a beautiful place. It was a perfect place. There was no sin there. But all of a sudden, God, you know, God had one tree in the garden that was his tree. And he said, listen, I don't want you to touch this tree because the reason is that if you touch it, something bad's going to happen. Well, all of a sudden, something began to stir in Eve's mind. It was the devil that began to prompt her and say, you know what? God's holding out on you. You know what? He's holding out on you. There's something better in that tree, and he knows it. And he knows if you take that, then you're going to be better. You're going to be wiser. You're going to be smarter. You're going to be happy if you take that tree. Hello? Anybody registering now? You know, you're going to be happy if you do that. And guess what? All of a sudden, Eve, who had always trusted God for the right thing, that he, was, he, was, he cared for her and he believed in her, all of a sudden, her trusting dropped. And she said, you know what? I'll take my own happiness into my own hands. In other words, I'm not going to believe you anymore, God. I'm going to try harder myself. And when she did that, she dropped in trusting. She tried harder, and she went over, and she took the fruit. And when she took the fruit, guess what? She took the fruit, she gave it some to her husband, and all of a sudden... Something was revealed to them that they had never experienced before. It was good and evil, but listen, that was not what was revealed that was so heart-throbbing, so hurtful to them. And that was this. For the first time in their life, they had experienced something called regret. They regretted that they'd done that. And that's why they went and hid. All of a sudden, the first time in their life, they experienced regret. And see, when you and I, we quit trusting God, and we say, you know what, we're going to step outside of this marriage. You know what? We're going to do, we're going to take matters in our own hands financially. We're going to cheat here, or we're going to lie here, and we're going to go, we're going to step out of what God says. We're going to quit trusting. We're going to try to do it ourselves. When you do that, you live a life of regret. Of regret. You see, that's why God, you know, everybody says, you know, what do you want in life? I just want to be happy. Let me tell you how to get to happiness. Because let me tell you something. You know what? Winning the lottery won't make you happy. It will for a season, right? But usually it all goes away. You know, a new, new relationship doesn't make you happy because, why? their breath smells too. <laughs> Do you want to talk? Everything that the world says will make you happy doesn't make us happy. You know what will make you happy? It's holiness. Holiness makes us happy. What is that? That means when I'm striving to be like God. You know why? Because, you know, I can tell you this. You know, Rhonda and I was riding, at a, a, did a wedding in Dahlonega this, week, this weekend, and we were riding and you know, we were going up to those mountains, and we've been married for 28 years, and we're about to do this other marriage, uh, this ceremony. And I just held her hand just a moment, and I realized how much God had blessed our lives through all the ups and downs of staying together for 28 years, and how the depth of, of love that we know now because of that. You know, had there been many times in our relationship that we thought, you know what, this would be better if we did it different with somebody else? I'm sure that we've all we we've had those thoughts. But what I want to tell you is this, is because we chose God's way, God's holy way. Right now, at 28 years, I look over there, her sitting beside me, we're riding in that car, there's no regret. I don't regret it one bit. Matter of fact, I think the, the best day of my life happened over 28 years ago when she said I do. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? 
Many of you sitting here today, you say, well, I've got to be happy. So you forget what God says. You go out drinking with the buddies. You go out doing all this stuff that you shouldn't do. And you go places you shouldn't go that God says you shouldn't go. And you live with regrets. You will never, ever be happy when you quit trusting God and try to do it yourself. You have to say, no, God, it's not me. It's your will be done, not my will be done. And then you become holy. And when you do things by God's way, you end your life with no regrets. No regrets. Again, going back to this book, according to Bill, as Bill sees it, he says this. He said, we need not apologize to anyone for depending upon our Creator. For us, it is the way of strength. People of faith uh, seldom lack courage. They trust God. And God knew that we was going to need to do this. And that's why he wrote the next verse. Look at it with me in Isaiah 40. This is what God promises you. In Isaiah 40 and 29, he says, He gives power to the weak, and he gives strength to who? The powerless. That's hope. Even the youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find what? They'll find new strength, new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. In other words, I want you to know, that God designed you to be better than what you are. You know, and many of you in this room, you know, you're living life not like an eagle that God designed you to be, but God designed you to be an eagle, but you're living like a chicken. What does a chicken do? A chicken is around the barnyard. What do they do? They're constantly scratching and picking and got their head down constantly, you know. Oh, I wish my life was better. I wish I had it like so-and-so. I wish I was like this. I wish I was born different. I wish I was in another family. I wish I had their money. I wish I had their marriage. I, blah, 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 blah. On and on and on, I wish. Head down constantly. Guess what? The scenery never changes for a chicken. They're always in that barnyard scratching around, saying the same old thing, doing the same old thing. It never, ever changes. And the chicken is constantly trying, scratching and picking, scratching and picking. It never trusts, and it tries. God didn't call you to be a chicken. He called you to be an eagle. While the chicken is trying, the eagle is flying. Amen? Amen? Watch this. Watch this. You see... The eagle is dependent on something that you cannot see. See, the chicken is dependent on everything you can see. It has no faith at all. Where's that little kernel of corn at? Where's that little worm at? You know, scratching, picking all the time. But the eagle, every day it gets up. All of a sudden, it, it, it launches out of its nest. And when it launches out of its nest... It's high up in the mountain, and it just dives down. But the eagle knows there's a current that is flowing there. There's air that is blowing underneath its wing, and that air is coming from one source, its creator, almighty God. And so the eagle knows that it has to trust more than it tries, so it jumps out of that, that nest, and it throws its wings open, and when it does, it catches a, a wave of wind, a current that is flowing, a gust of wind, and what should, when that eagle jumped out, it should die to its death, but because it's living on something that you cannot see that comes from its creator called the wind. It flies higher and higher. And guess what? The scenery changes. Why? Because the eagle goes to new heights. It can see further and higher than anyone else. The eagle has wisdom and has sight that no one else has in the animal kingdom. Why? Because it's trusting Almighty God. You say, Pastor, that's great. What does that have to do with me? I'm going to tell you right here. Look what it says. Jesus said this. Jesus answered, I tell you in John 3, I tell you for certain 
that before you can get into the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, you must be born not only of water, but by the what? The Spirit, that's right. Humans give life to their children. Now watch this. Yet only God's Spirit can change who? Okay, so only God's Spirit can change you into a child of God. You see, as I read this book by, uh, by as Bill sees it, he talked about the millions of people that have come to Christ and those that were addicted to drugs, those that were addicted to alcohol, those that were addicted to porn, those that were addicted to spending, all those addictions, those that, those that were addicted to a spousal abuse, you know, they lived in that so long, they were just sort of, the norm was what they accepted. And as he talked about, you know, this change, he said, I want you to know, I've seen many of men and women and young people come into the program and those that come into the program, they would come and they would look and say, no, this is not for me. And they'd go back out and they try harder, they try harder, but they sink deeper and deeper into their addiction. But once they come back and they said, okay, I need this, and they would open their spirit up to Almighty God, and all of a sudden God's spirit began to come in. They, what did they do? They quit being a chicken and say, I can do this, I can do this. And they started being an eagle and said, I can stretch my wings out. And all of a sudden they caught a spirit that they had not had before. It was a spirit of Almighty God, and it moved inside of them, and it, really, it helped them fly up to a higher height and they begin to say, I can make this, I can do this with God's help. It's the Spirit of God. He goes on to say this, only God's Spirit gives what? New life. Many of you sitting in this room right now, you've been trying to change your life for 10 years and you've gotten nowhere. You see what I'm saying? Many of you are saying, you know what, I'm going to try this God thing. When I, when I quit doing this and I'm going to try this God thing, let me tell you something, if you could quit doing that on your own power, you'd have quit a long time ago. You, you, you can't do it. You've got to admit it. I can't do this. I've got to have a new power. It goes on to say this. The Spirit is like the what? Come on, the Spirit is like the what? The Spirit is like the wind that blows wherever it wants to. You can hear the wind, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. You see that? The Bible says that there's something that's more powerful than what's visible. Matter of fact, when you stand out uh, they, with a hurricane that just come into uh, New uh, Mexico over there, CAD 5, it's catastrophic. Why? Because the winds are over 200 miles an hour. And if I were to take you right over there to Mexico and we were to interview those people, they would say, you know what? I didn't see the wind, but I saw the trees leaning over. I saw the debris flying over my house. I saw it push this house over. I couldn't see the force. I just saw the results of it. The same as with the Spirit. You can't see it. You can't touch it. The only thing you can do is say, you know what, I used to be a chicken with my head down all the time, but I got up every day and started praying, God, give me this day my daily bread. And my, right now, you may be going through circumstances that you don't, want, you don't like, and you don't like where it is, and you want God to hurry up. Listen, it's your job just to get up every day and trust and let him do the work. You know, you've got to do what you've got to do, but as you're doing that, you always let trusting outweigh trying. And that's part of our daily bread. You see, when you're choosing trusting over trying, you're saying, God, give me this day my daily bread. God's Spirit is like the wind. It lifts you up. You see, God's Spirit is what makes you wiser than you normally are. God's Spirit is what makes you smarter than what you normally are. God's Spirit is what reveals to you. That's why when you become a Christ follower, all of a sudden you get respect. Why? 
Because you start making good decisions that are based on God's word. It's not you, it's him. And that's why in your work, they, they respect you, they like you. If you want to go up on the corporate ladder, you know, all the other guys are going out and hanging out and, and doing all the stuff that, that the world says to do to be cool. But when you keep your cool, everybody else is their cool, baby. You know what? When they're, when they're so strung out and they can't make right decisions and you make the right decision, they know that you're the anchor. You become the anchor in your company. You become that person they can rely on. Why? Because you've spread your wings out and you let God's spirit soar inside of you and it takes you to a new height and you see things you normally would not see. That you can do things you normally would not do that will benefit people around you. That's God's spirit. That's God's spirit. So let me say this before I go on. Today, if you're sitting here, what I've talked about today is you may not have. If you don't have Jesus Christ living inside of you, I'm not talking about you prayed a prayer one time. I'm talking about you're a Christ follower. Then, friend, you have no clues what I'm talking about. And you've been struggling and fighting all on your own. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today to take that step of faith and become a Christ follower. Not just one that knows about him. Everybody knows about him but that you actually follow him. So I have a prayer. I read it every week. I'd like to read it to you today. <clears throat> and if this is you, would you make this your prayer that it can change your life? The prayer to become a Christ follower is this. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Now notice this part. I trust. See, trusting over trying. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will and your will only. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, if you prayed that prayer, I just simply ask you on the back of this connection card that you check the box that says that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today so that I can send you some information. And the other thing I'd like to say, those of you that are watching online, if you prayed that prayer today, I ask you simply just to email me to let me know so that I can pray for you and also send you some information. And so today, can we just give God a hand for all the people that come to Christ today around the world? Amen. Amen. So let's do my daily bread one more time. You ready? Here we go. Ready? Hands up like this. Here we go. My daily bread. God, give me what I need today. One more time. My daily bread. God, give me what I need today. What I need today. That takes us to the third thing I'd like to share with you today, and that is this. Is daily sow godly seeds that I want to receive? Daily sow godly seeds that I want to receive. Jesus just begins here to just mess with us. I love it. Look at this passage here. He's going to begin to tell us what not to do. Here's what he says. Jesus says, do not judge and you will not be what? judged. Do not condemn and you will not be what? Condemned. Forgive and you will be what? Forgiven. So you know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying stop sowing what you don't want growing in your life. See, if you constantly are, if you're gossiping about everybody else, guess what's coming your way? They're going to gossip about you. You know what? If you're doing, if you're wronging other people, guess what's going to come your way? Wrong is going to come your way, right? Remember, we say it this way, all right? We say, what goes around, that's exactly right. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He said, you know, so some of you are, you're, you're sowing bad seed, so you're reaping bad crops in your life. 
So Jesus says, stop that. Then he goes to the positive. Look what he says here. In verse uh, 38 of chapter 6 of Luke, he says, Give and what? It. Would you shout that word out, it? You ready? Give and it. it. Now, would you circle that? Because what I want you to know, he says, Give and it will be given to you. Now, here's the question. What do you need in your life? What do you need? Do you need, do you need more romance in your marriage? You know, do you, do you need more finances? Do you need better relationships? What do you need in your, what do you need? That's the question. What do you need? And here's what he says. He says, you give what you have, and then it will be given to you. In other words, whatever you need, you've got to give it first before you can get it. I know the world says you get it and then you give it. No, 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 no. If you want more love in your family toward your wife or husband, then you start giving it. And guess what? Then you'll get it, right? If you need more finance, he said, make an investment in God's kingdom and then you get it. If you need better relationships, then you become more friendly to your friends and then they'll become more friendly to you. You give whatever you need. Jesus said it this way. Let me summarize it. He says, whatever you need, you sow a seed. Some of you are never going to have because you will not give first. It's like the person comes to me before, you know, being the pastor, people come to you and say dumb things sometimes. This one was dumb. They brought their lottery ticket by and said, Pastor, will you just pray over my lottery ticket? Because I know, you know, I want you to know, I'm going to give 10% of this, you know, trillion dollars that's out there, whatever it was. I'm going to give 10%. And I said, okay, well, let me ask you something. Have you given 10% of what you already make? Well, no, you know, well, 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 no. I was like, friend, let me tell you something. If you can't give now, why would God give you more? See what I'm saying? So give what you have to get more. So whatever area of your life it is. This morning, there's a, there's a story I want you to see. This is so powerful. A man in our church who gave... And, in order, and when he gave, he got. Would you watch this story with me? Uh, one of the main reasons I came here was because my daughter came to school here for uh, singing. We came one night to see a concert and was very plugged in by the aspects of the pastor and different things that were here and really enjoyed ourselves and it made us want to come back. Today I'd like to share with you on how I uh, get through life daily with God's help. And uh, I have used His help several times through my life, every day. I was born with cerebral palsy and uh, went through surgery for quite a few years, multitude of times. And through the Lord's help and a lot of prayer, I've been very fortunate to move forward in my life. I was very fortunate that uh, my father showed me who the Lord was so that I could learn how to pray and learn how to understand perseverance uh, with His help. So I was very fortunate to have not only a, an earthly father, but a father from heaven, and learn how to believe in that. Learn how to use that strength every day in prayer, in daily thought, and daily understanding, because people make assumptions every day that you are not able to function in the world. You're not able to be a human. And with the Lord's help and a lot of prayer, I've been able to be fortunate. You know, I'm very lucky that I have a, a wife and two beautiful children. Some people don't even get that gift. 
and I was lucky enough to have that gift. You know, now as I get older and things change in my life, I try to find ways to help other people move forward in their life. But one of my greatest beliefs is to help the children here, uh, no matter their age, because I want them to understand that they're loved. You know, they're loved not only on the earth, but by the great Lord himself. And I believe in that wholeheartedly. And I try to project that to everyone that comes in my path so that they understand that they are loved. My name is Craigus Thomas Gibbs. Uh, I've been here at ACC for uh, about four or three years. Uh, you know me as the DQ. Uh, I want to tell you how I depend on God daily. I, um, I was born prematurely. At a young age, mama always tell me, hey, you were born, you know, six pounds, one, uh, one ounces. And uh, I was, um, I, I struggled through life trying to, you know, be, you know, a person, be a human being, you know, trying to, you know, uh, be confident in myself as growing up, you know, um, being, you know, feeling, feeling different, but, you know, knowing that I'm just the same, you know. You know life is a struggle, but you learn from that, you, you be, become a better person through, the things that other people's life and your life, you know, is, is, a, is, a, is a goal that I want to receive and that if he gave it to you, you know, he'll bless me with, with the same kind of gift, you know. And if I can live the, in the same story you tell, kind of got me motivated into becoming a better person by the story you tell me. You know, while I've been here at, at SEC, uh, like I said before, I've been fortunate enough to work with the, the, the youth and try to motivate some of them in the right direction. One of those young men that I have met is Mr. DQ here. Uh, at the moment, we both are with a disability. And we, we try not to let that struggle either one of us. It's life and try to you know, be better, you know, make us you know, stronger through our weakness and be a motivation to other people. But I've also, uh, I mean, as you can tell, I have a few more years on him than he does. So uh, I've been trying to mentor to him and help him understand that his life does have meaning in his life. Um, will grow and will prosper, uh, but he has to believe that. Well, this past summer, you know, DQ and I had been talking uh, about bicycles, which sounds kind of funny, uh, but as a handicapped person, you don't believe you can do certain things. I I've been very fortunate that I've actually been skydiving, rock climbing, bungee jumping, and bike riding because I didn't let my disabilities hold me back. And I've tried to explain that to Q, and when we were talking about the bike, he said he had a bike, but he can't ride it. He encouraged me to, you know, get on my bike. I mean, I never, I mean, it's always, I always been on my bike, you know, I just can't never really pedal, and have my, my batteries, you know, was kind of off all the time, you know. Um, and Jill encouraged me by being, you know, being in the same condition, showing me how to use my feet to use, to get on the bike, you know, and to push, you know, to, to, to motivate myself to try, you know, make a change, you know, and, you know, you brought that change without telling me your story and telling you how you uh, felt comfortable getting on the bike. And uh, um, I failed a couple of times, but, you know, I, I got back up, you know, I just said, hey, uh, you know, you can do it again, you know, do it again, you know. That's what I'm talking about. 
you give, you get. About six years ago, you know, I was struggling. I, as a parent, like many of you, you know, your kids start going through stuff and you start struggling, thinking, okay, what can I do? And sometimes there's nothing that you can do. I remember the opportunity come up for me to be a mentor. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to go do for somebody else's kid what I hope that God will send someone in my child's life to help them do. To be an influence outside of me. And I've done that for six years. And it's amazing how that as I've invested in others, I still invested in my kids, but in others, how that God has sent influences around my children. As a teenager, I was a young man that didn't feel a lot of love. You know, I just didn't feel like a lot of people cared about me. I got saved, joined a church when it was loving like this. And I got in and I started serving. And I started doing all that I can to help other people. And it was amazing how much love I found. You see, when you give it, 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 it will be given. Some of you are complaining, you chickens. You just run around, I wish I had it, I wish I had it, I wish I had it, I wish I had it. And God's saying, be an eagle and give it, and you will get more of it. This morning, I want to offer you an opportunity. <clears throat> There's a sheet like this in your program. Would you take it out? I want an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity that you can give it by serving. If you give it, then you're going to find it. And you're going to get it. Today, I want to give you about 30 seconds. Look over this sheet. Just check a box. And become that hand for someone else. I'll give you about 30 seconds to look that over. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me now. You can finish that uh, sheet maybe right after this uh, song. Our prayer team's coming down. And they're going to be down here to, if you have something you want someone to pray with you about today, they're going to be here to pray for you and with you. As we sing this song, we, we lifted our hands here and we said, okay, God, God, give me what I need today. As we sing this song and it challenged you to raise your hand, maybe you come in with a need today. Why don't you take the opportunity through this song and say, God, as I lift my hands, give me what I need today. Would you sing this with us? I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. 
I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.